0: I cannot believe it is finally here. The Time Confident Masterclass is going down the 26th of April live. You can join us, but if you're listening to this after the 26th of April 2023, don't worry, the recording is available as well. This is your chance to release those feelings of being stressed, drained, and depleted by your to-do list, because I know how it can be. (laughs) This masterclass is going to help you to discover the power of time confidence to help you transform your life for good. This is a a masterclass full of tools and resources That will seriously help you transform the way you live your life, the way you live each and every day. Check out the link in the description below for more information. Hi friend, you are going to love this episode. We talk with Sarah Kelsey from The One Up Project. She shares very vulnerably about all of the learnings and transformations that she went through while she was doing some solo travel to get outside of her comfort zone because the comfort zone will be the death. Of us, ladies, if that has not gotten into your head by now, go back and listen to every single other one of the Get Confident episodes because you need this to be ingrained in you, and it's something that I have been realizing even more lately in my life as well but we can talk about that in another solo episode. So without any further ado let's get into this week's episode with Sarah Kelsey from The One Up Project. I'm Janelle Hosking and you beautiful are here to get confident. No more self-doubt, no more overthinking, no more what-ifs. I'm helping you grow your confidence so you can live a fulfilled life welcome to the show. Sarah, super excited to have you on the show today. We always get our episodes started with a this or that. Are you feeling ready for it?
1: I am so ready.
0: (laughs) Okay, perfect. What's more like you, speeding ticket or parking
1: ticket? Uh, I want to say parking ticket. (laughs) Well, I feel like if
0: you live in Auckland, it should be parking ticket, you know, because the traffic is so bad, you shouldn't be able to speed
1: anyway. Yeah, no, but in saying that, I did get a speeding ticket like two weeks ago and I haven't had a parking ticket in years, so. (laughs) But yeah, parking ticket feels more me.
0: Yeah, okay, I feel that. Um, Are you a night owl or a morning person? I have been thinking about this a
1: lot recently and I think I'm a morning person.
0: I love that. Tell me more. What what makes you conceptualise this idea?
1: Cause I was listening to this podcast about sleep and the guy on the podcast was saying that, you know, naturally, and we don't get to choose this. We are the type of people who thrive better in the evening or in the morning. And I was thinking about it and I was like, I can't work out which one I am because I just, I feel like I could work at night or I could wake up early. And a friend of mine was saying, like, how do you feel when you wake up early? Do you always feel better? Like, how do you feel when you stay up late? And I always feel worse when I'm up late and feel really good if I'm up early. So that's Mm -hmm. now how I've like decided it is like, how do I feel at the time? So morning is always better for me. So now I'm going to say I'm a morning person.
0: That is such a really great way to internalize it and then come to that realization of like, yep, I'm, I'm a morning person. I would say Mm -hmm. morning person for myself too, mostly because as the day goes on, I just get like, shitter and shitter with critical thinking
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
0: you know for me it's like if I have intense client sessions late into the evening I'm actually like I can't do this so I have to you know close off sessions past a certain point in time because Mm. you're just not going to get any goodness out of me
1: Mm, yeah no that I can totally relate to that like my brain is working 10 times slower than it would normally exactly and it's just not even worth it like why don't you just finish
0: at a good hour and then go and exactly rest,
1: right <laughs> yeah it's always more worth it I used to think it's not it wasn't like just let's just keep power like, keep on through that mm. yeah no mm. <laughs> so not good I actually joined this um like
0: business mastermind type thing and every two weeks they used to have mastermind sessions 8 p.m till 10 p.m and even mm. that like starting something like that 8 p.m i had to say to them don't expect me on these calls like this is what i was paying for right mm. and i said mm. to the head of this mastermind do not actually expect me to attend these t- these calls because i'm just gonna be shit you know and that's yeah. probably the best way to put it
1: <laughs> yeah no for sure I- Even like last night, I went to a comedy show (laughs) and it started at eight. And it was so much fun, but I was like, this is so late for something to be starting. And I, I was literally with my family and my dad was like, how old are you? Like, you should be fine with being up at 8 p.m. But I was like, 8 to 10 is just like a late time for my brain to yeah. be kind of like focusing on something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: My friend um does pole dancing and they had a pole show a few weeks ago. And this evening, it's the first time I've ever gone to one of her shows. It didn't actually start until 7 and then they had two halftime breaks. Each halftime break was <laughs> for 20 minutes long. And by the by, the first halftime break, I think at this point, it was like 8.30 at night. And I said to my friend, how long does this go for? Like, I'm tired already. Yeah. You're making me sit here for 20 minutes, like having a break. And so we didn't get yeah, out of there yeah, until yeah. 10.30, 11-ish. And I'm just like a zombie at this point. Literally.
1: Literally, it's so late. And I, I – I feel like I, do, I don't sound like a, you know, people give you shit like, oh, you sound so like a grandma. But I'm like, but it is late. Like by the time you get ready for bed, it's almost midnight. <laughs> yeah.
0: it, it, it blows my mind that to think for me 10 years ago, I wasn't starting drinking until 8, 8.30, maybe even 9 p.m drink a bowl of wine while I'm getting ready and then be in town by quarter to midnight ready to go until like 3am I'm like how did I ever do that because now I'm at home by 10 ideally
1: yeah no for sure I'm the exact same as well like (laughs) and I guess that speaks to my morning person answer in the sense that I feel much better when I'm in bed at like, like an earlier time hmm absolutely okay just
0: a couple more this and that's before we get into Mm. the uh goodness for the episode would you rather owe somebody money or owe them a favor
1: hmm that's actually a good one and I want to say it depends which I know you can't say for these things but (laughs) (laughs) but like it really like how big's the favor and how big's the amount of money that you owe, and like what do you what do you value more your time or your like dollars I guess I would probably Mm. value my time more so then I want to say a dollar amount so I feel like I would rather owe someone money
0: Mm. Mm. yeah that that is a really interesting one just to ponder on I try really hard not to owe people money you know because the interesting thing about owing if you owe somebody money like they're always going to come after you for the money whereas if you Mm. owe someone a favor they're not every week going to be like hey remember you owe me that favor Or like, where's the favor? Because they haven't necessarily cashed it in, you know? So Mm -hmm. I feel like owing somebody a favor might actually be better in the sense that they, it's not guaranteed that they're going to cash in. But then if you're the type of person that hates Mm. having things like out in the open or, you know, loops that aren't closed kind of thing, things just hanging there, Mm. then that's going to be terrible.
1: Mm, That's an interesting perspective because... I I think like I am the kind of person who likes to have those loops closed. But also when I think about someone owing someone a favor, I think that that could be so many things. Like at least with money, I know it's going to be an amount of money. Whereas Mm -hmm. with a favor, you could ask me to do anything. And if I owe you that favor and I am Mm. true to my word and my integrity, then I will give that to you. And I don't want to have to be held like Accountable. accountable to some wild ass Favor that I have yeah. no control over what it is.
0: <laughs> mm. See, I, I'm the type of person that I would probably bargain or I would probably negotiate. I'd mm-hmm. be like, um you know, if for instance, someone has given you money and now you owe them a favor in return for that or tit for tat, whatever it was, I would probably be the type of person to put. A value on that, you know, of well, the favor was in this bracket of favors, so I'm going to be able to do something like this in return for you rather than go and like, I don't know, steal for you or lie for you, you know what I mean? Like, if it doesn't mm-hmm. fit, if the original favor wasn't in there in that category, <laughs> you know, I don't even know why I'm talking like this, but that's just where my brain's gone right now, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting. I think it's like that's actually a really good this or that because it's. It like I don't know I just feel like those two things are very much on the same but very different playing fields and it will it will reflect a person's like kind of I guess how they It'll I think it'll be quite reflective of how a person thinks as to what answer they would choose which is like an interesting an interesting oh, thing.
0: And that's exactly the reason why I like starting these podcast episodes with this or that, because it gives you a little insight uh, and a little bit kind of like behind the curtain knowledge into a person, you mm-hmm. know, that you wouldn't normally get. And of course, there's the basic ones, like my next question for you, and this will be the last one, is would you rather hang out with little kids or hang out with old people?
1: <laughs> um, old people for sure. Same. Old people for sure. Like, it's not that I don't love little kids. mm I I do, but I think old people have stories and they have years of like Mm. perspective to share. Mm. And Mm. I think having that conversation would be more interesting for me than a conversation (laughs) with a child. I'm also the type of person that talks to kids as if they are like the same age as me. And so Mm. I feel like it's just, yeah, it would just be a bit of a laugh, really. But yeah, that would be what I would say. (laughs) that's so awesome see like you get some really good insights from this
0: or that so that's exactly why I love starting um the episodes with that so thank you very much for uh partaking in the this or that for this episode you are very welcome now to get into it you uh the creator and the face of the one up project and that is all about i know you're you've morphed into many things which i so love and i'm here for and definitely want to talk about that but um the i know it originally started around helping people to improve their finances and their financial literacy with your podcast Mm -hmm. the one up project and then obviously now it's morphed into um lifestyle stuff as well, you know, and helping people to improve Mm. their life, personal development, professional development, that kind of good stuff. And it is so on the same wavelength as everything that I'm into. And it just, I guess I was reflecting before having this conversation with you about how you and I came across each other And it was back in 2020 and somebody actually tagged me in a giveaway that you were doing and I'd never heard of you or your podcast or anything before that. And then I saw this giveaway and I was like, oh yeah, cool. Like tag a few people. Didn't ever think I'd win because I never win. And then I won it. And so Mm. because of that, you and I started this DM conversation back and forth and that really, I guess allowed us to get to know each other and to hit things off because a couple of months later you had me on your podcast i looked it up episode 56 taking ownership of your life and confidence for those of you at home who want to go and have a listen to that i actually was telling myself that i want to re-listen to it because obviously that was i think no uh it was around about new year's 2020 that you released Mm -hmm. it And Mm -hmm. we're in 2023 now. You know, so much has happened for both of us. So much has changed and evolved. And I want to go back and re listen and just kind of reflect on myself and I guess how far along I've come. Um, Do you even do that with your episodes?
1: Not typically. Mm -hmm. That I have recently because I've started this new series called the breadcrumb series, which is like little five minute snippets of previous episodes to give people kind of like a breadcrumb of value for their day or their week. Um, And so that's been really, really difficult for me because sometimes I just, it's funny because I don't cringe at myself in the moment. So if I'm recording an episode and I edit it the next week, Mm -hmm. I don't really cringe at myself then. I guess because I'm sort of on the same wavelength as myself still at that point. But yeah, a year on, even six months on, I just, oh, it is rough (laughs) to listen back to my perspective and kind of, I guess, how sure I thought I was of myself. You know, like I was Mm. saying something with full conviction that now Mm. I would just completely disagree with. And that makes Mm. me want to cringe because I just think, oh, my God. But that also is such a genuine representation of the growth that I've had. And I suppose that might be what you experience if you listen back to it.
0: And that's so practicing what you preach, you know, I think there'd be nothing worse mm-hmm. than listening back to things or re-watching things from your past, re-even looking over like your journal and feeling like you're still exactly the same person in exactly the
1: same space. I personally couldn't think of anything worse than that, right? Mm, no, exactly. And like, I think it's completely different with a podcast in many ways because it's that public facing thing where you're like okay not only am I listening back to this but actually multiple other people (laughs) hundreds even have listened to this and had their own opinions on it and I just like oh my gosh I literally can't even fathom that sometimes but I do definitely agree that I think it's exactly you know authentic to the reason that I started it was very much that I wanted to hold myself accountable to Mm. what I thought and so that I could truly reflect on that growth and think like okay where was I where am I now do I still agree with those things like really trying to analyze how I think now and what's changing and why and that would just give me even deeper insight into what I actually want for my life It's so epic, right? Like I talk to people
0: all the time who are wanting to um, create a platform, whether that was to, you know, share their journey and their story on Instagram or create a podcast, but for some reason or another, they keep stopping themselves and keep holding themselves back. And I'm definitely on the same mindset of you is like, well, do it, you know, especially if you're trying to grow in yourself, having this documented journey is a great way for you to see how far you've come and also a great way for you Mm to um remember and really acknowledge that journey and something I've noticed that you've been talking about a lot lately is around um empathy and compassion towards yourself and where you're at in life right now and I know that like Brene Brown talks a lot about those themes and obviously you've read some of her books as well which is so cool um but it really is an important thing is if like we can look back on the past version of, of ourselves, whatever that looks like, and just have this lens of empathy and compassion. Mm-hmm. But also if we're not documenting that in the first place, if we're not putting ourselves out of our comfort zone in the first place, then it's going to be a lot harder for us to actually reflect,
1: you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think what I do, I, I, I might not initially give myself like the empathy and the compassion when I first listen back, because of course when it's <laughs> yourself, you instantly think, "Oh God, like how embarrassing!" But the the thing I do instantly recognize is the courage and the vulnerability that I had to be able mm. to you know authentically say what I thought at that time Mm -hmm. and not only to just say it but to say it publicly to have it recorded and there for anyone to listen to not only at that point but in years for the future and I really Mm -hmm. I am proud of myself for being able to do that and to feel like I could create that space for myself and for others to feel safe to you know talk about who they are who they want to be um, and so instantly, I try to give myself at least credit for that. And then I think if I say something that now I just completely disagree with, I think, well, you know, you do have to have compassion for the fact that you don't have all the tools that you have now, and that mm. it's only shows how, how much self-love I suppose you've given yourself over the years to give yourself those tools and those resources to help you grow into the person you are and you're still never perfect at any one point like even now talking on this podcast I might listen back in a year and cringe (laughs) at what I'm saying as well And like no that will always be the case forever like my Mm. most recent podcast will always be the worst one before the the next one after that and like I just Mm. will hopefully continue to build a more like aligned um I guess uh, show a more aligned representation of who I am um, at that moment and who I want to be
0: I love that and what it makes me think of is the fact that you're you're doing it you know and that you're showing up for yourself and really putting your focus on your commitment to improving yourself and who you are as a person and i think that is so important like one of my philosophies for life is if you're not learning you're not living and obviously mm. you can learn so many different things but to put the spotlight on yourself or put the mirror on yourself and constantly be wanting to learn um grow and evolve within who you are as a person is such a beautiful thing and obviously that's why we Both have created these platforms and these podcasts about to share that journey and hopefully enlighten some other people. So I want to um, say that I was actually just saying this to my partner before we got on and I was like, I'm so excited to be finally talking to Sarah because I messaged her (laughs) when she first went to Bali saying, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. we have to do an episode on this new adventure of yours. And now (laughs) you're back in New Zealand. Now I'm
1: I'm back home. You're
0: back. And um, so thank you so much for sharing your time with us today, because I know that, you know, life happens and things are very full. And so taking some time out of your day to be here to discuss your thoughts, what's happening and what your learnings of the past few months and even years are, um, it means a lot, not just to me, but to the person who's listening as well. So thank you very much
1: no thank you like that means a lot so and i'm very very happy to be here and i think it's so cool that we can have this conversation so thank you for holding the space for me of
0: course now that being said i still am so excited Expi- ex- expired, what is that? Inspired and excited. That's the words I was trying to collab there uh, about this journey that you've gone on in taking some time to do some solo travel. So you went to Bali the start of September 2022, and you were there figuring out or giving a go to the nomad life, which is where you work and travel overseas. What Mm. was it that made you want to move and, and go and explore that as a life path for you?
1: Mm. I was sitting in quite a comfortable position. I think before I left where I had a job, you know, this time last year, or maybe slightly before this, I had a job that I just adored like a full-time job that I loved with people who I loved. And I was still doing the one-up project that was going well, that was growing, things were moving. Like life was as good as it could have gotten from, yeah. you know, my personal goals perspective, but it's started to, you know, things might be good, but they also start to feel stagnant. Like, mm-hmm it's probably a classic westerners sort of approach to life where it's like we've always got to be moving and yeah. progressing to the next stage even if we have no idea what the next stage of life mm. even is and we can't mm-hmm. just learn to sit in the peace sometimes and i think brene brown talks about this like the worst emotion or the the scariest emotion for humans is joy because we're constantly thinking like okay so when's the ball going to drop or when's the like when's the next thing going to go wrong and I think Mm -hmm. that sort of was a feeling I had to address on this trip but yeah so I was feeling quite secure in my life it was stable and I thought I have this opportunity now where I'm sitting in a job that I feel like I'm valued in and they would probably give me the opportunity to work overseas if I if I kind of negotiated that with them so I did they wanted to give me this opportunity I was like great let's plan it let's go and then the company went through some pretty hectic financial troubles and my hours were reduced by like 90 percent like from 40 wow. to 10 wow um so I wasn't made redundant but I was sort of given this choice of you know you can either stay on with with this as your option or mm. yeah the other choices that you leave mm. and because yeah. I was already going overseas anyway I was like well maybe this is a sign that I just go all in I don't work I take this as an opportunity to kind of travel and do the digital nomad thing with the podcast or freelancing or something and so that's what I ended up doing was just um, yeah financially preparing a little bit like closer to the time than I had expected and just rounding up (laughs) all the dollars I possibly could to get me through the most amount of time I possibly could things yeah literally sold like my entire life like i've come back i didn't know how long i was going to be away i've come back i've sold my car i've sold everything and i'm just like Mm -hmm. living with what feels like quite restricted freedom at the moment but that's okay so yeah that was ultimately what what pushed me was just i guess feeling like what's the next change
0: Mm, that's so interesting because i definitely resonate with that concept of like things are good, things are comfortable, but what next, you know, and Mm. I love that you've obviously identified that doesn't always have to be climbing a ladder within an organization, that what next step, you know, that what next step can be going and exploring the world or can be settling down and starting a family, you know, like it's different for all of us at different Mm -hmm. stages of our life and so how much time did you give yourself before you made this decision that you were going to do this until you were actually like on the plane and it was happening
1: um i made the decision to go when i was sitting on a couch in my flat and i was just like hmm i wonder if i could make moving to bali work and this was probably honestly like four months before i actually Mm -hmm. was on the plane and gone Mm -hmm. so i made the decision the first thing I had to do was get insurance I think because I needed that for my visa so I just like went through the process from that day so I think it was four months between deciding that I was actually going to do it and getting on the plane which is a relatively short time when I was booking a mm. one-way flight and didn't really have any intention for the trip so it was very much I, I tend to make decisions like that where I just think it'll be fine like I'll work it out um, mm. and that was the approach I took to that <laughs> Wow. So you made the call four months out. You
0: uh, applied for your visa. You obviously sold your stuff or started that journey of selling your things. What else did you have Mm. to do between that point and and being on the plane?
1: Uh, So I had to resign from my job and Mm. that was like quite hard and I had to make sure I had to basically like financially plan as well because I didn't know how long I was going to be there so I wanted to make sure that I had enough money to kind of last me to a point that I would be happy with um so that was you know working out all the like little things how much I was going to get out of my annual leave how many how much savings I had already then I booked my flights and one week of accommodation and that was it like I booked (sighs) I was, I went over there, I'd got into my first accommodation and that's all I'd booked by the time I got there. Mm. Um, and that was a very overwhelming way to do it as well. Cause I just had like no plan, but yeah, it was essentially all the little admin things before going and, and then just doing the thing was the mm. biggest part of it.
0: Totally. How did you find like saying goodbye
1: to your friends and your family? Um, Not that hard, like I think I, (laughs) but I, yeah, it really was like that where I just was like, I don't really feel emotionally impacted by this at all, even though at the time in my head I was like, I don't know if I'll come back to New Zealand. That was kind of the thought in my head, I I don't know if I'll be back here, but I didn't feel in any way emotional about it, and I don't really, I haven't quite worked out why that is it wasn't until I was actually there that I was like oh shit now I'm isolated now I'm like actually away from everyone Mm -hmm. um but yeah leaving and saying goodbye like the concept of leaving wasn't something that scared me at all it wasn't until I was in it that that's when the emotions actually hit me
0: okay so you've done the plane you've arrived in Bali you're in your accommodation week one what are some of the thoughts that are going through your head at this point
1: uh I've made the biggest mistake of my life I need to go home I hate it here (laughs) literally like all of these thoughts that were just uh, it was just fair talking really and Mm, I think mm. I'd never I'd never solo traveled before the only trips I'd done overseas were with family for like family vacations Mm. um I'd done one trip with my friends but it wasn't like any, you know, it was to Sydney, like it wasn't to Southeast Asia or somewhere where you really had to look out for yourself or anything like that. Like make mm-hmm. a lot of big decisions. Mm-hmm. And so I think I just didn't really realize how much both like emotional um energy and physical energy that it would take from me. And so I got there and I mean The funny thing is, the first week I was like, "Oh, book myself into this really nice resort, and like, I'll just treat myself for the first week before I get into hostel life and kind of living Mm. that backpacker life." But I booked myself into this resort that was a couples resort, and so I was just (gasps) surrounded by like these loved up couples, and I was and it was literally the saddest. It was so. Sad, and it was like I don't know why it was so sad. I, it's not mm. like I had any problem with being single, but I was just so like I think because I was missing people, I felt isolated mm. already that I felt 10 times more isolated in that environment. And you know, everyone's in couples, you're on your own, so you're like sitting at breakfast while everyone else is there with their partners, and you're alone reading a book, and it's just like you look like most sad person. And so at that time, I just didn't really. I was like, oh my God, if this is going to be the whole trip, I'm going to have a terrible time. But then when Mm. I got into the hostels, I realized that actually the majority of people were traveling alone. And that's when Mm. things started to shift a little bit.
0: Okay. So by the time you then get into hostels, things start to shift. What is it that's shifting? Like, is your mentality different? Are you, is it that you're meeting people? Like, can you pinpoint specifically what it is that kind of Mm. made you look a bit more positively on the experience?
1: Yeah. So I still felt really, really like, I don't know how else to describe it than shy. I was mm. very, very shy. And naturally I'm quite a confident person mm-hmm. Um, in most circumstances. I don't really have that much fear around talking to new people or putting myself out there. But in this situation, I really did. I felt really, really insecure. I struggled to talk to people I struggled to hold a proper conversation I was super nervous it was the strangest thing and I was having this kind of mini identity crisis because I was just like who am I if I can't even have a conversation with the person next to me like how am I going to get through How am I going to get through the rest of my life? And, like, where is this weird shyness coming from? So when I was in hostels, the one amazing thing is that the majority of people were traveling alone. So you don't feel isolated in that sense. Like, we're all in the same boat here. Like, I was in a room of girls who were all traveling solo, all different Mm -hmm. circumstances. Some had just been through a breakup and, like, decided Mm -hmm. to travel across the world. Some of them just wanted a change from their career. Others were just on holiday for a week. Like, it really depended. Um, there were so many different situations. So I should have mm. felt quite comforted by that. But I, I felt like I went into my shell quite a lot, um, which, yeah, I did I did struggle with. And that took, honestly, almost the entire trip before I sort of overcame that. And I kind of knew that it wouldn't be until I got home that I would Mm. be able to reflect with hindsight on a lot of those experiences and be able to tell you and articulate like why I felt that way Um, but yeah at the time I was just very very confused and I think as I started to move away from what I should be doing and to what I actually wanted to do that was when I actually started to enjoy myself a lot more interesting so what kind of things did you feel like you should be doing yeah silly silly stuff honestly like I should always be staying in hostels because that's what travelers do. I should be going to all the sight sightseeing like um, oh, wow. monuments and things that people are going mm. to, because that's what you should be doing. Like I should be doing this, that and the other, because that's what everyone else does. And yeah. it's weird. I didn't even make the connection that this is a classic issue we have in our general lives. It's like, for example, buying a first home or traveling, like people mm-hmm. like you should get on the property ladder. You should do this, but it's, totally such an amazing thing to go off and travel and use that as a part of your personal development but when I was Mm -hmm. in this situation Mm -hmm. I was like no I should be traveling this way because that's how people do it I didn't even think it's okay to do your own thing not until like three quarters of the way through the actual trip did I start to just do what I wanted to do so it was the simple stuff and I was making myself feel guilty for not being like the other travelers you know like it's not as if I was really different or anything and I think actually I was just isolating myself because everyone else would have felt just as nervous, just as uncomfortable. Mm. And when I started mm. to talk to people, I really began to notice like people, I would talk about how I felt to one person and they'll be like, yeah, that's normal. Like people who had traveled for years and this is my first time and I would talk to people who traveled for years and and they would say, oh, that's so normal. Like that everyone's going to feel like that, but you mm. don't see that when you're talking to people, you know how it's like they oh, yeah. there's that saying that, everyone has shit going on behind the scenes and you never know what someone else is going through. And that was mm-hmm. a situation here. It was like, well, maybe we're all feeling nervous, but I'm never going to know that because no one else is coming out and just saying, I feel horrible today and I miss home. Like no one's like <laughs> out here saying that unless you yeah. get into a conversation with them. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was just about learning to be a little bit less in my own head and start to kind of bring those feelings outwards a bit more, I think. That's awesome.
0: And that's great because... If you can find the courage to be vulnerable when you share that with somebody and realize that they're feeling that way too, one that makes you feel less alone, but that also gives you something in common with them, you know, and that makes it Mm. more likely that you'll actually create a bond or build a, be able to build a friendship with that person. Um, Mm. Do you think that some of the, back before when you were talking about the shoulds, that you were, or you found yourself in a place where you were comparing yourself to other people?
1: Yeah, 100%. I was definitely, and I've always had kind of a bit of a problem with this anyway, like Mm. self-comparison and thinking the shoulds again, like I'm not enough because I should be doing this. Mm. And I think we can all relate to feeling like that in different areas of our lives. But yeah, definitely there I was comparing myself to other people who, you know, this was the 10th country they'd been to and they've already been Mm. traveling for nine months Mm. um, and they had this level of confidence or whatever comparing myself to people like that I found quite difficult and a big part of what was probably making me feel quite uneasy and also just not you know the reason it was so confronting was because usually I'd approach these situations back home with that curiosity and to think oh well what can I learn off this person but in that mm. situation I almost felt so isolated that I referred reverted back mm. to like survival techniques in my mind and I was just like oh how do I get through this conversation without appearing like mm. a, a weirdo or something you know I wasn't mm. thinking about what can this person teach me which is my natural response when I'm kind of home Mm -hmm. And, And also,
0: like, we're in such a completely different environment to home, whereas I think when you're traveling, especially if you're traveling on your own, everything is heightened because Mm. you have to keep yourself alive in all senses of the word you know I was just talking to a friend of mine um you know her actually Felicia all and she Mm -hmm. has the fluorescence podcast and we were talking um about her going on a trip to Colombia and she's not going for quite a few months time right she's got a few months um to get over this fear I suppose but she was telling me how scared she is for her safety when she's over there Mm. And she's not even there yet. And she's already freaking out about it. And so that absolutely brings to the awareness of the all of like, I imagine there's a lot of decision fatigue um, because Mm. every single day you're trying to think of like, well, what am I doing today? Um, Where am I staying tonight? What food am I going to eat? And am I safe? Like there's so many different things that you have to be thinking about all the time. Like I went to Europe in 2018 and it was just um there was two of us girls who went together and we weren't very good friends um as in we hadn't known each other for very long we were kind of like acquaintances and just before when you were thinking about the shoulds, my mind <laughs> my mind took me back to this day when we were in france and we were in paris and we did like the eiffel tower and the um Oh my goodness, what is that? Like the the basic stuff that you have to do when you go there. Mm-hmm. And then when we left, I think it was like the day after we just left, someone said to us like, "Oh yeah, did you go to the Arc de Triomphe?" and we're like, "No. What well, <laughs> what is that?" And then obviously when I looked it up, and now, ever since 2018, I always had this like, "You're such an idiot, Janelle. You didn't even go to the Arc de Triomphe. Like that's something that everybody does when they're in when they're in France. You should have gone there, you know." And mm-hmm. so, like, there's all these little things of all the the decisions that you have to make. Plus, then adding on all of those internal like never ending stories and conversations that we're always having with ourselves. So honestly, I take my hat off to you. The fact that you have even gone and done it, you know, because it's, I don't know whether I'm just generalizing here, but I feel like in terms of my circles that I've had growing up in New Zealand, I might know one person who's actually gone and done solo travel and really made a thing of it, you know? So it's not, Mm. I know other people from other cultures or other countries, yeah, for sure, but not many Kiwis who have just been like, stuff it, I want to go on an adventure, and especially to um, like an Asian country. You know, maybe they might go to the UK or go to Australia, but it's so out the gate, the idea of like I'm moving to Bali. It's not a common Mm. thing here, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I do agree with that. Although it was funny because when I made the choice, I was like, oh, like people were saying that to me, and I remember thinking – like why is this so such a strange concept for people to grasp like I think for me I because I'd never been to anywhere in Asia and I was going to Southeast Asia specifically because I knew Bali was quite westernized yeah it it was very like touristy and they Mm. they very much cater to the western tourists that go over there I was like oh it's going to be completely fine. Like I'm going to have mm. no issues. There's going to be no culture shocks. That was sort mm-hmm. of my, I think I didn't consciously think that, but I think subconsciously that was sort of my, the reason I wasn't scared. Cause I just thought oh, it's going to be, you know, fine, but that just isn't the truth. It is actually still quite different. And especially <laughs> yeah. in Thailand, like that was very, very different. Um, and yeah, it, it was like a huge, huge shock. And so mm. I think that for anyone that does any solo travel anywhere, you know, you're always going to have those shocks that come up unexpectedly. And to your point around decisions, like I completely agree because it's a different level of independence where it's not just sorting yourself out day to day as you would normally. It's like literally what am I doing? Like how am I living? (laughs) yeah keeping yourself safe when you normally wouldn't have to worry about it like there's a lot more just little decisions that you make day to day that contribute to your overall safety and like the overall routine mm-hmm. that you just wouldn't think about when you're home mm, absolutely and there is
0: so much in that. I feel like Bali is oh, I want to say one of the most incredible places on earth, obviously I haven't been everywhere, but when I went to Bali, it was such an awesome holiday destination. So if you've yeah. heard amazing things about a location as a holiday destination, why wouldn't you then think super smartly and be like, well, if it's amazing for holidays, I'm just going to live there. Like why would you not for treat sure. yourself to that? You know?
1: For sure. Yeah. 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 That was like exactly my thing. Oh, perfect. Especially because it had the whole digital nomad kind of, um thing about community there you know there was a mm-hmm. lot of shared working spaces there's a massive culture of working from cafes there's literally co- um cafes like there was a cafe called coach cafe and it was for like coaches of online coaches who just worked online remember, and like yeah. they had yeah they had like <laughs> events every week where a coach would get up and do like a session for everyone for free and there was like drinks and food and you know it was such a good community in that sense and there are people who live there and just absolutely love it um Mm -hmm. but I yeah I don't think I could live there full-time I don't think that was Mm. like something I wasn't expecting why is it that you think you couldn't live there full-time it's a very accessible place from a lifestyle perspective you know you can live the life of luxury for mm. the same price that you would live in like Auckland for, for example. Mm. Mm. Um, my living expenses were affording me an incredible lifestyle for the same, if not slightly less than what I was like a p- paying here in Auckland to to live wow. into flat. Mm. And so that was like a very confronting realisation where I thought, wow, I can really afford a different type of life here. Um, but there's also another side to Bali that you don't often obviously see on Instagram and stuff where you know the local Balinese are still there living yeah. a life a lot with a lot less than what the tourists are mm-hmm. living there with or the the westerners are living there with and I think that confrontation around that difference was something I wasn't expecting to impact me as much as it did and then also not really having a full awareness yet of, um, what, there's a word I'm looking for, but I've forgotten what it's called, where basically people, you know, tourists or Westerners will come in to a destination and um, drive up sort of the cost of everything. And so for the locals, it becomes very unaffordable to live.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, that was something that when you spoke to the locals about it, you know, they were all good with it because that's giving them kind of their life and tourism is such a huge part of their economy and so there's sort of this it's a double-edged sword thing Mm. but I just felt weird about it personally and yeah I don't know there was just something about it that didn't click for me I don't think that was the whole reason though but I think that's definitely a part of it Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if maybe it's just meant to be more of a holiday destination for me too it didn't feel like the type of place that I wanted to be in 24 7 although I'm saying that now like now that I'm back I'm like get me back there because I've <laughs> never eaten like so healthy I've never like just like the you know the produce the trying yeah. to get good produce here now from countdown is just mm. ridiculously almost unattainable like totally. to live consistently healthy with fresh vegetables fresh fruit mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. over there that is like the easiest and cheapest thing to mm. buy Um, Mm -hmm. and so I felt felt like I was at the pinnacle of health over there, whereas here I can't really have that, so I don't know, there's just pros and cons to it, but the psychological part of living somewhere is very important to me, so that needs to feel right as well.
0: Mm. So do you think now, you're obviously back home, um, you've been back in New Zealand for a few months, and you did a good like five-month stint overseas, experienced some incredible things, and I'm No doubt, especially by hearing what we've just been talking about this whole episode, is you have grown so much. And it kind of Mm -hmm. feels like now you're home to almost integrate these learnings, to recoup the bank account, and maybe to strategize a little bit more about how you might be able to do it again in a more sustainable way. And I say sustainable in a way that actually, like, you can land somewhere and and make it your home rather than feeling Mm -hmm. uncomfortable and not being able to settle that for yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've like literally hit the nail on the head. That's exactly mm. look at the stage I'm at. I, I'm calling 2023 the year of the foundation, like building my oh. foundations up again and just starting with those basics. And thank God I have had this financial literacy podcast because now I have the tools to be able to build that foundation up again. And I feel really confident with my situation at the moment that I will get there um but the next thing for me is then deciding yeah where is that base and I don't think it's going to be in New Zealand because with this like in my lifetime while I have no dependence and no commitments I want to make the most of that and kind of mm. utilize the freedom that I have right now so mm-hmm. that's definitely the next decision and then and where to travel to next and how I want to do that differently to how I did it the first time definitely mm.
0: Mm, Absolutely. I feel like this is actually the main reason why or the main thing I wanted to touch on in this episode with you is about the amount of time that you have got to spend on your own, right? While you've been Mm. overseas, a total stranger in this country or countries, because I know that you went to a few and um, not being able to make let's say, not being able to make friends as easily as what you have here because obviously it's different, right? Like you make friends when you're younger and they're kind of your friends through time and you just stick with each other even if you've got different interests and stuff. Whereas when you go overseas, you kind of have to find that commonality with people. And so the the result of that is you're, you end up, one, spending a lot of time internalizing, but also two, a mm-hmm. lot of time alone. How do you think your... um your now i'm trying to think of a word i want the best word that's coming to me right now is how do you think your self-love and your ability and joy in spending time on your own by yourself has grown from this experience
1: oh yeah incredibly so like at the start it was and it's so funny reflecting on this because you'll be able to tell by what I'm saying, the journey of it. But at the start, mm. it was just so, so difficult. You know, mm. I didn't really, I, I thought I loved being by myself, but I really mm. struggled to sit with myself and and be empathetic of what I was doing and say, it's okay if you're upset. It's okay if you're like this and not need a friend to be with me to say, it's okay if you're upset. It's okay. Like, we're going to get yeah. through it. It's going to be okay. To rely, and I just did an episode on this recently, actually, like how much trust Traveling builds in your own ability because mm. and what was the catalyst for that was feeling a certain way and being alone. So feeling isolated and upset while I'm alone, feeling, you know, whatever it was and being alone. Because I didn't just have the friend to go and hang out with and distract me from that totally. feeling. Mm-hmm. I had to like find that comfort zone within my own mind and not within mm-hmm. a relationship with someone else or within mm-hmm. another thing. Mm-hmm. And that was something I haven't hadn't had to confront before. And so the most transformational thing that happened on this trip was developing that comfort zone inside my own mind where now like when i was alone and i was a, i was feeling a certain way i could give myself that compassion that i needed and feel okay that it was coming from me in fact it's more powerful if it is coming from me to say that mm. it is okay that you feel upset about this right now just because you Uh, missing home doesn't mean you're ungrateful for the experience you have and it's okay Mm. to just want to sit in bed all day and watch Netflix (laughs) even though it's a beautiful day outside and you could be sipping on a coconut by the pool like it's Mm. totally okay to just take a step back from what is right in front of you and sit in the feelings and work through them and and move beyond that and yeah I just think there is a massive amount of empowerment that comes with telling yourself, validating your own feelings and telling totally. yourself that it's okay to feel that way that you do. And I didn't, I really didn't get that before. And wow. like in a couple elements that are uh, things that a concept people talk about, which I never really got until I was away was the concept of masculine and feminine energy. I don't mm-hmm. know if you talk too much about this. Or yeah, too much a little bit. Yeah. Just in the sense that, you know, this, in this world there's a lot of there is a lot of talk around hustling and doing the best Mm -hmm. you can to get to the next thing and progress and the more feminine version of that according to this concept is that learning how to be and to yeah to just kind of sit in the peace of a situation and I, I didn't know how to do that I didn't know how to sit and just be and just be peaceful and like enjoy that Well, and like understanding that just because I'm doing that doesn't then therefore mean I'm not disciplined and I don't want things for my life and I don't want to progress. Like it's not about that because actually giving yourself the space helps you to build the capacity to then progress later on. So, yeah, definitely being alone just helped me to understand all of those things a lot more. And now Mm. that I'm back, I've simplified my life so much. It feels just like mentally, like gotten rid of so much clutter in my own head so that I can really focus on what's important Mm,
0: that just sounds like such a life-altering opportunity that you created for yourself you know you had that job you were happy you were all those things and then you thought what's next you know next challenge next opportunity let's just go for it and now you've been able to come back and uh grow so much as another person to the point where you probably might get to, I guess, on reflection, feel like, who was that girl? You know, we already spoke about that in the Mm. beginning about those cringe moments. And it is such a opportunity, like a whirlwind opportunity when you travel, like you just get thrown in it and then it's it's done, you know, if you come back home. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, some people, like you might one day make that their whole thing as well. There is so much goodness in this episode Sarah thank you so much for being so open and just like answering all of these questions and sharing your reflections and your learnings, because I think that is so important. And everything that you have shared really does um, remind me of this concept that I'm always talking about with clients and on this podcast is you have to be your biggest cheerleader. You know, your voice has to be the one inside your head that's encouraging you, that's motivating you, that's inspiring you and pushing you to carry on, not the one that's pulling you down. So the fact that you've Mm. been able to find that for yourself and bring that back home with you and now using that to help you live more simply and more aligned with where you're trying to go, is just incredible. So I absolutely take my hat off to you
1: oh no thank you so much for having me first of all and yeah you like everything that you're saying is completely on the money and if like there's anything I could say to other people is is just to find that comfort zone within yourself to be your own biggest cheerleader and like it's okay to back yourself it's okay to give yourself that empathy when Mm. so often we think that we should be our own harshest critic to push us Mm -hmm. forward but little do we know how much that can actually hinder ourselves. So no, thank you so much, Jan, for having me. Like I love the space that you've created and yeah, just appreciate the time you've given me as well.
0: Oh, thank you so much. So uh, check out the link in the description below and you can click over directly to Sarah's podcast, The One Up Project and go follow her on Instagram as well because her content is so, so good. Thank you so much for talking with us today, Sarah. Thank you.